Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Star Guitar. My guest this week is Charles Watson. I first became aware of him as one half of Slow Club, the duo he and Rebecca Taylor formed in Sheffield in 2006. They went their separate ways in 2017 after releasing five quite brilliant albums. While their music changed over the years, Charles's guitar playing was always really intelligent and tasteful. He's a very classy player and I really love that band. So many songs are theirs with these neat and showy guitar parts or memorable guitar hooks that Charles plays. In 2017, he formed the Surfing Magazines with friends from various bands, from the Wave Pictures and others, and a year later released his first solo album, Now That I'm a River, which was among my very favourite albums from that year, and I recommend that you go and listen to it if you haven't already. Like all my guests, he's had some beautiful guitars over the years, so I wanted to talk to him about them. I went up to his house earlier this week to eat chocolate digestives and find out more about how he came to play the guitar, where he's up to with his second album, and the music he's been making for May Martin's new Netflix series. So sit back and enjoy episode four of Star Guitar. sitting in Charles's living room at the moment, which I've messed up with all my cables and stuff, but um, there's loads of guitars in here. I can only see the side of them at the moment, so I'm just trying to work out what they all are. Let's go right, but I always start going back to the beginning with people. When did you first, well not even pick up a guitar, when did you first see one, what's your first kind of memory of being aware of them? Um, my dad was really into Santana, so he kind of just like force fed us, like... 60s Santana stuff so that I, whenever I hear that one that's that got used on that MS advert a few years ago you know with the little down, 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 down. oh yeah um, is that like come up party or something like yeah, that yeah right. it's kind of like the SG the Yamaha yeah. SG years or it might even be the Gibson SG one but um, is that on the Braxis yeah yeah it is yeah um, it's the only Santana album I know, really, of Braxis, but um, yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of can't listen to it anymore because it's just like it just, yeah, I've, I've had it too much. But that I just remember being like thinking, oh, that sounds cool. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I, I guess also like as a kid in the nineties, like Oasis is always like you kind of that that influences pretty much everyone, doesn't it? Who's into guitars at that point? Absolutely. How old would you have been in? Sort of ninety five, ninety six, like six or seven. So, six or seven. Well, my so my sister, uh, her her boyfriend, my older sister, he was really into Oasis. So I think he he kind of did the job of an older brother with with records. Okay. Um, um. So yeah, I was kind of like a little bit late to the party with like Britpop stuff, but um, yeah, I remember kind of like being around people that were into it and it kind of filtering through a little bit yeah but yeah actually that classical was my first guitar and it's kind of just i just play it all the time i've seen you do use it for sessions and things oh really i think so is there a a live recording of you doing um is it you've got your way of leaving 
Um, it might be, yeah. No, now that I'm a river sitting in a sitting in a room with like a tape. Yeah, that was that was the video. Real, yeah, 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 yeah. With a two reel tape player. Yeah, and so, is that what you're playing in it? Yeah, yeah. So um, the, that's like that's the live audio as well. So my mate Laurie came and recorded it. He's got like a quarter inch machine. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was just like it's, it's not. That's, I, so it's the video for the song. Yeah, because it's not the album version of the music though is it no it's no it's just so, you and the guitar on that yeah video. okay right so the, I, 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 I like music videos that have got different audio mm-hmm. you know it's just like it's just nice to see something that's a little bit it is a session but it's kind of set up by the band and they're doing it how they want to do it rather than just going into someone's session and, and kind of performing on someone else's or thing miming it on a stage or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely so, shockingly bad at miming just looking at this nylon string acoustic now it's got loads of fretware in it which is um, always a nice sign of... It's like a busy restaurant, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And there's loads of masking tape on it. What's the masking tape for? So I used to keep this at my girlfriend's house when I was at college, well, I was at school, um, and I, I just sat on it on the bed once, and so it has a huge crack down the middle of it. Right. So I just, co- I just covered it up with tape. It had a huge John Lennon sticker behind the bridge for a long, long time. Um, what sticker? It was just a picture of him in like the New York T-shirt with his hair waving in the okay, wind, and, right. um, but uh, yeah, it's just it. I, I, it's just one of those guitars that's just like kind of followed me around a little bit. Like I've I've left it at people's houses, and it's always one of those. It's like oh, that's my. I'm going to take that back again, and uh, it's just nice with a capo. And I've not I've not changed the strings literally for ten years, and it's it's. It just Would you mind uh, giving us a strum? Yeah, Is sure. it change your thing? Probably not. When I got it, it was just way too big for me. And it's it still got quite a wide neck. But, um, yeah, it's just all the, all, the, all the fret marks are kind of just from me playing a D shape <laughs> for like 20 years. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I love it. It's, it's, just, it's just kind of what I play around the house all the time. Okay, you can just hit a couple of chords. It's just got a nice kind of dead tone to it, and that's obviously the secret is the dead strings, though. It's a sort of um... yeah. I mean, I think I snapped a string on it in about two thousand and eight, and and then I like just googled <laughs> how to because obviously like it's it's different to doing like a steel string, and just. Got a pack of strings and just redid the whole lot. What was the next guitar you got then? Um, and, and was that because you were taking it seriously that you got a, that you got another one? I think I just realised that this was a totally unplayable guitar for okay. someone with tiny hands. Yeah. Um, and so I managed to convince my parents to let me get a, a Squire Telecaster, which I still have, but it's it's that's in bits in, in a locker in Tottenham but it's uh, it's a really beautiful like is it like Daphne Blue oh yeah yeah. Um, and yeah it, I had a I went through a bit of a kind of rocking phase in my early teens so I had I did that thing that everyone does where they take the take the pickup out and replace it with Seymour Duncan because <laughs> you've heard someone say it's a really good idea and then you get you get it in and you're like sounds exactly the same mate <laughs> it, it might actually sound worse <laughs> So it's that, just a tiny bit louder or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So your, your crappy playing is even louder than it was. Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually really, really love that guitar. Um, but um, 
I, I remember the first time I chipped it as well, and I remember being pretty upset about that. Yeah. I can still see it's like here, it's about just above where you put the plectrum underneath the, the scratch plate. I remember coming home and just being like, who has chipped my telecaster? <laughs> and then once, once the first one's in, you don't care, do you? It's fine. Yeah, yeah, the first one's always the worst, and then after that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So where did you, how did you progress from... And who were you, you know, what were you listening to? Were you trying to play Santana then for your dad or... Um... I think I got into, like, Ozzy Osbourne in a big way <laughs> around that point. <laughs> There's an amazing photo of me, it's on my Instagram actually, of me with my first band and we'd like obviously just like finished band practice and like um, someone took a picture of us uh, and we just looked like the weirdest band but I've got like a picked up like a Jackson Randy Rhodes signature flying V <laughs> and it was just like when I think about like what I was doing at like the age of like 14 it kind of it kind of really really makes me giggle but it's also like I can't imagine even stepping out of the house or something like that now but um yeah we were me and a few mates were just we just got into like kind of 80s hair metal for a while <laughs> but you're just influenced by what's around you aren't you and like I think, yeah. I think a couple of my mates older brothers were really into like Metallica and all that stuff and and it just it just kind of filtered through where you'd go around and someone would be doing like sweet picking in a bedroom upstairs and you'd be like oh my god what's that <laughs> I've got to go up there and see what it is I suppose at that age though when you're 14 or 15 you're just looking for something that's going to stick right and you think you find all these you think you found something and then six months or a year down the line you realise it's not for you or totally that yeah. it isn't what, so what was the first thing that stuck then um, to be honest it was probably more on the songwriting tip I think I was really into playing guitar and the song I was kind of just like floating around in people people's bands mm. and then I think I got to probably like year 10 or 11 or something and just started hanging around with a different group of people that were into, like, Leonard Cohen and, you know, like, Dylan and stuff, and mm. um, just pretended that I'd never had a Jackson playing V. <laughs> and just, you know, just just shut the door on that, that bit of my, my life. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I think that was kind of like the start of, like, liking songs more, more than, like, just learning how to, like, do a solo or something. So playing is the. It's a the play the playing is like a means to an end to be able to write a good song or something. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like focused my time on on other stuff rather than just like trying to become fast. Um, which isn't you know it's it's kind of it's fun to like learn something and then be like oh yeah I can do that I can do that and but it's amazing how quickly it leaves like I like. I did some shows with the the surfing magazines last year, which is a band that I'm in with some friends, and um, that's quite like guitar heavy. Mm. And the first couple of shows, like it, I was like, oh shit, I'm just like, I'm just gonna just gonna stay here, I'm just gonna stay here. And then like all it takes is like a little bit of like a leap, and you just you get back into it. And it's, but it is, it does. I definitely feel like in my brain there's like a finite amount of like musical space, and it's like it's either doing songs or or learning guitar or do you know what I mean like yeah. um so I think at that point we me and my friends were just into like into like 
pretty sad, depressing seventies folk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Did this coin? Did this um, move into songwriting coincide with you getting in like a fancy acoustic guitar or anything, or a more serious acoustic guitar? Um, I, th- I had a Crafter acoustic for a while, which I used like on the first Slow Club record. Um, which was really nice. It's kind of like, it looked a little bit like a kind of copy of a Martin, you know, those like parlour guitars mm-hmm. that have got kind of quite small bodies and like kind of classical headstocks. Yes. Um, I've still got that somewhere. I'm not sure where it is. It's, I think it's with a friend. Um, but that's a beautiful guitar. It's really nice for finger picking. When we first started touring, I actually, this guitar, I actually got kind of just after we finished tracking the record. Um, sorry. Um, this ended up being like my kind of like guitar for years with Slow Club because um, it, it, it's just got like crazy amount of bottom end and because we didn't have a bass player it just kind of filled filled the sound out and um, I got it from the first time I went to Denmark Street we had a show um, do you remember that venue The Fly on New York Swiss Street yeah we had a show there and I um, I kind of saved up some money and I, I kind of knew that there was this like mythical street with like just guitar shops, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a guitar that doesn't work, um, and and that's what I did. And what is it? It's it's an Otwin rhythm, um, and I've never actually seen another one of these. It's kind of like um, I guess it's like a kind of Hofner copy from the 60s it's like a kind of jazzy looking arch top it's like a thin arch top isn't it yeah so it's got a kind of like floating well, bridge arch top. Like you think of arch tops being like a sort of house brick thing yeah it's, it's um, not quite yeah. an emperor or a century or something but it's um, like I used to play with two amps um, and running I, at the same time yeah well basically it's I, a stereo chorus isn't yeah. it <laughs> I mean that's not too far from the truth but, um, I had uh, from from the the, the the heavy metal days, I had a, a Line Six flex tone. Of course, you did. And obviously, that's basically got like a, a pedal board built in it, built into it. So, I unscrewed the Line Six badge off the front. And if you look at it from a distance, it doesn't look like a Line Six flex tone. It kind of looks like a, a beat up old like transistor amp or something. And so, I used to go into that and have like a slap and a delay, and then go out the send. And normally, when you send out it mutes the speaker mm. from or in my experience it does um and so i i was sending that into a twin as well so i had the twin was kind of like for the the kind of clean bassy bottom end and then the flex tone was just for like a kind of crunchy slap um and it sounded like it genuinely sounded really really cool and i better than the twin would have just sounded on its own. So I didn't have a pedal board at this point. Okay. So I was just using it for, for like, because I, I, I just had like a, a nice kind of slap dialed in and just like, and I was kind of borrowing this twin from a friend, but the spring was kind of a bit ropey. So I was kind of using the digital spring. It's all a big no-no, <laughs> but um, it kind of worked for the band because it was like, the, the bottom end was like really like clear and it mm. um it just it just kind of filled out the sonics we were kind of missing um but were you playing as a duo at this point or did you have other musicians yeah yes yeah, so, i mean we we do occasional shows with a bass player at like, like a couple of times a year or something but 
we could only really tour as a two piece just like financially it just didn't make any sense to get other people involved yeah. so we just we could fit like a drum kit two amps two guitars and an overnight bag each in my car and we toured like that for years and then and then I got like a little tiny little like van you know like a kind of electrician's van yeah and we started taking a few more bits and then um just started using different bits of gear and then I think after after we toured the first record we started working with um a drummer and bass player and 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 then obviously like my I didn't have to like be super bassy so I kind of started using smaller amps at that point um because twins can be like so so loud can't they the last couple of years it's been a Princeton uh 68 reissue and the champ together that's nice yeah yeah I've got a 68 oh cool they're lovely aren't they is that that silver silver face yeah yeah um a a reissue not an original but um, yeah so uh it's because I think I'm, you know, I want to be Steve Cropper, basically. So I've got a um, blonde fifty-two telly oh, reissue again, nice. not a, not um, not an original, and a and a sixty-eight silverface Princeton, um, which yeah, just tremolo and reverb for for days. When I was playing with the surfing magazines last year, like Dave, who's the other guitar player, he he has one of those clip-on tuners at the end of his guitar. And he just goes straight in to the front of a like a twin or a blues junior or something. I mean, he's a, have you have you have you seen those guys before? He's a pretty good guitarist, isn't he? He's a total freak of nature. That guy. Yeah. It's he's just a, an incredible like energy to like like be around musically. And um, I was just like, okay, yeah, I could do that. I can I can just plug in, you know, no problem. Like I'll, I'll borrow someone's uh, like plug on t- tuner. And it was so much fun, just like not having anything at your feet like being used to like that being a bit of a distraction mm. like I'm a bit of a like a fiddler like live if I've got like volume pots and switches and stuff which is kind of why for a long time because the guitar I had after this arch top was a um, Gibson 120 125 yeah and was it a 125T yeah it was a thin it was a thin one yeah it took me, I used to see you so I could play so much, so much, and I could never work out what that was because I remember I was thinking, oh, I want a one twenty-five, and then I, you turned sideways and it was as thin as a sort of yeah uh, three three five or something. I was like, oh, I don't know what that is, and it took me years to realise that they did two versions of these arch tops, it's, and that, that's what it was. That guitar is really beautiful. Um, I actually just sold it last year. Did you? Yeah, I, I've I've got into the I basically got into the mindset of like if I'm not using something, I. I swap it or sell it, and, and right. That's an interesting point, but I'm looking ahead of me now, and I can see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guitars <laughs> in my direct eyeline. <laughs> so you're saying, oh, sorry, nine guitars and a lap steel, and you say that if you're not using something, that you sell it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you never know what's going to come up, but so the, the one, the one, two, five was like really. It sounded amazing for like one. It was really good for open tunings. Okay. Um, so I used to have it either in C or I'd have it like down full step. It's got like this really lush, like rich, like bottom end. It sounded brilliant acoustic as well. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's a lovely guitar. Um, I just found myself like I wasn't using it for like solo stuff, and I hadn't I hadn't used it in slow club for like probably two years before that. So it was just like. 
I won a vibraphone on uh, on eBay, and I was like, I need to fund this <laughs> quick. <laughs> so I was like, I just I took it down to Denmark Street and and did a, like a a sale, and they gave me the cash, and basically I just walked straight back in and bought a strap. <laughs> I was just like, what are you doing? You absolute idiot. I, to be honest, I kind of regret selling that a little bit just because it was so beautiful. Mm. It was such a like a beautiful thing to look at as well as play. Where was it from? Like the year? It was 66. There was a while, I think every time I saw you play you seemed to have something different. It was like you you move guitars quite a lot and, and try different things. Um, that Squire bass I remember seeing you playing at Union Chapel. Um, was it like a bass six? Yeah. Yeah, I had um, some Labella flats put on it. Um, cause have, you, have, you, have you played one of those before? No, I haven't, no. They're really, really amazing value. Because um, the, they, they come with round ones, but they're a little bit flabby, and like the bottom end, you, it just feels like the strings are too loose. And um, the, the guy I bought it off put some, some flats on it. And it's just, if you play like mid-neck, it's just super kind of Beach Boysy. Yeah. It's the Carol Kay kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, I think that is probably the guitar I play the most. Really? Yeah, I love it. It's amazing. Is that on your album a lot? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't tour it, but because um, I was just playing more of the lead stuff, but I really enjoyed playing that on the last album, like the, the last um, touring cycle with Slow Club, because there was a few lines that we that were put down by the keyboard player when we were in Richmond. He did it on a Mellotron guitar sample. Um, and it's just got this, it's got a similar kind of, almost like Murakoni style sound to it. They used those bass sixes a lot. Um, there's a famous choir that used to sing on lots of any Murakoni stuff and, and, uh, and the, the players that used to play. Um, <clears throat> and they had, they always used a bass six. Mm. There's um, an album that Danger Mouse did with Daniel Luppy a while ago. Oh, cool. And they rounded up the choir and the players that used to play on those Ennio Morricone records. And even harder than rounding up the 80-year-old musicians to play for them was finding an original Bay 6 from the 60s because there's a, like 30 of them left. Yeah, they're super rare, aren't they? Yeah. Because Glenn Campbell played one on Wichita Lineman, didn't he, he did. as well? Yeah. I think that guitar sound is kind of like... That's like that's the dream. That's what you want. Oh, it's so so nice. Yeah. Okay, so the the two guitars in the end of the rack here. So there's a like is that tobacco three three five? It's uh, walnut. Walnut. Sorry, yeah. Not tobacco. Um, Let's have that up next. Let me take that off, off you. So this is uh, a seventy to seventy nine. Custom stereo three five five three five five wow yeah there's a weird weird story on account kind of me and a few friends were following this on eBay there's a bit of a joke cause it's like check this out it's like I mean it's just like so beautiful and um it kept getting relisted and it kept going down in price and it's just like I don't know just like it was we were kind of joking about it and then. I, I I looked up the eBay seller and it was like um, a second-hand shop in Slough. It wasn't like a guitar shop. It was it was like a kind of musicy kind of second-hand shop. Mm. But it, and I, and I called them up and, and they still had it. 
Um, and and I got a tax rebate. <laughs> and so I just went out there and I was like, would you take quite a bit less for it in cash? And they were like, yeah, okay. And I was like, so I, I got like an unbelievable deal on it. And I would never, I would never normally do something like that. But it was just like, in my head, I was like, if I don't buy something like that now, it's just going to get spent on stuff that you don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> so electricity bills and things. Well, exactly. I mean, also, I was kind of thinking, that's that's not going to go down in price. So yeah. it, I, obviously, I don't buy guitars to, to keep them and not play them. But it just felt like it, it was kind of too much of a good off a good price not to not to like do it. Would you be able to um, plug it in? Yeah, sure. Uh, all right. Yeah. So that's on that's on six on oh, I'm sorry one on the select switch, which is like the super bassy like. And when you actually have amps at volume, yeah, you really—it's it's like kind of just way too much. But then the when you get the kind of that end of it, it's, it, I mean, it just—they they just sound like different guitars completely. There's an amazing bit on, um, I think it is the first track on the album, uh, just three or four like big shimmering notes that um, come in after. Uh, guitar, on guitar? Yeah. That'll be Fife, Dangerfield. Oh, is it? Yeah, he 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 came and played, that's a Strat, um, just with like loads of top end rolled off with a tremolo. I think he had two tremolos going on that actually because it's got this kind of kind of the tremolo was one slow and one kind of fast one going. Right. Um, yeah, he he like did some cool stuff. It was he's one of those people that just it just sounds like a record straight away. Like God, just do something crap just for a minute to let everyone feel a bit better about themselves. <laughs> but it's it's been really nice actually because he played loads of guitar on the record and I've. Obviously, he's just like improving the whole thing, mm. and I've I've learned his improv parts for like live. So I, it's nice to kind of get someone else's parts underneath your finger because I don't really write like lead parts. Like that's I just it's just something that I've never really done. I'm I'm more of a kind of just chord singing live. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to to learn his parts and try and do them while I'm singing and just you just kind of approach your own stuff in a different way well I was going to ask about um, the song uh, is it You Got Your Way of Leaving that you did with the surfing magazines that is uh, we recorded it but it wasn't on the record which one's on the, one that's on the record Voices Carry Through Voices Carry Through Your Mist sorry yeah. so Voices Carry Through Your Mist is on both the surfing magazines album and then a different version yeah. that you did for yourself I was wondering about how um how hard it is to just not recreate the version that already exists. 
it's weird because it's it was a weird choice to do that, but it was like the the surfing mags version is like. It's quite dry. It's kind of like seventies Neil Young kind of. Yeah. Everything's quite boxy. It's very Neil Youngy, isn't it? That yeah. sort of uh, down by the river. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that was, I mean, the, our kind of mantra for that record was we want to make a record that's better than on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went to a, like a tape studio in Rochester that's like out the back of a strip club, and and we tried to make a record that's better than on the beach, and. We succeeded. Aim high, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, Dave Dave plays lead on that, and he's just he's good, really good at like channeling that kind of just slightly like his his playing is very it's not self conscious at all, mm. um, and I really love hearing him play because it's just like it's like there's just no distance between his brain and his fingers. Yeah, like, I, I feel like there's just too much thinking going on with me and he's just really good at just just doing really cool sounding stuff so um i i always when i when i started writing it i kind of imagined it as this kind of spacey kind of almost a little bit like talk talk kind of sounding okay. song um not that i listen to that much talk talk but i just kind of had this like weird like kind of cinematic kind of feel in my mind and then when we did it it was Completely the opposite. It was super. It's a very high fife sort of imagination, but then like a much more low fi kind of recording. Yeah, the surfing mags version was super low fi and I, it was one of those things where, because of the way we were making the record, we were doing it really quickly, and which is really cool because there's loads of mistakes all over the record, but it's just it's got this nice kind of it feels just like a, a, a it's not polished in any way, hmm. um, and when I. When I did the vocal, I think it's in a different case. It's like a little bit high. It's really dry, and normally I don't really like my vocals dry. But we were in this situation where I was just like, "Just let go, man." Like I was just, I was just like, "I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything." And then I was like, "Should have said something." <laughs> it was really nice to just kind of make a record like totally not how I have made records in the past. And I love, I, I. I that is the most fun I've ever had making music with, with with those guys. Like it was, it was just really quick. It was like the three four days in the studio, album done. The touring was just like really basic, just like one guitar straight in. It's just it was just like really like a massive breath of fresh air to just do it how you do it when you're like fifteen. Next guitar, I can see. I know a little bit about this one because you told me about it the other week. But um, this is a Gibson SG. That you yes. picked up. Yeah. Um, this is. Is this that's is that is it just a light or is that wa- walnut? Or it, is it, just... it? I don't think it is walnut. I think it's been painted. Right. Um, okay. So normally you think of Gibson SG in like the sort of reddy cherry colour, don't you? This is a bit more browny than that. Yeah. It's a really nice lightweight thing. Um, you tell us about that. Yeah. So this. It's just a it's it's a 2017 standard and um, uh, to be honest, I've never I've never been into SGs at all. And when we were touring with the surfing magazines, uh, Dave's got like a late 90s standard. Yeah, that is just you know those guitars that like uh, not expensive, nothing special, but there's just something about this specific one that's just if it had been made by a different person on a different day, it would have just sounded completely different. Yeah, and it. It, there's something about I think he's just played it and played it and played it and it's like 
it's always set to one setting and it just sounds absolutely amazing and I was always like can I play can I play the SG tonight and 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 he had he was playing a jazz master for a bit or a jaguar or a jazz master yeah and um the night before we went on the UK tour he called me up and he was like I bought an SG another one and I was like okay and he's like we can both play SGs I was like that sounds kind of cool and terrible at the same time. I was like, okay, but so he bought a brand, a brand. Did he new let one. you play the? Did he let you play the one he'd have for ages, or did he? We alternated. Oh, that's nice. So he's he's super generous, but like I think he he was like he really wanted to get another SG because it's all he plays, or he plays it a lot anyway. And I think he just wanted a bit of a like another one just in case. Yeah. Um, after that, I've just been like, oh, I really love like an SG that kind of plays like his yeah and I was on the way back from a festival about two months ago I was driving on my own and I got stuck in traffic on the A1 and I saw this little yellow sign at the side of the road that said guitar fair and I was like yeah go on there (laughs) (laughs) so I pulled off and it was just like it was in some sort of like you know those like sheds where they sell cattle and they'd like repurposed it to make a barns, I think they're called (laughs) you know like you know like where there's like a huge big car yeah like an auction thing Yeah. yeah yeah And um, it was amazing. Like I've never, I've, I've never seen anything like it. It was loads of like these, like people had bought a strap body and a strap neck and built uh, a strap. Podcasters, they're yeah, called. yeah, they're amazing because they're like they're probably done to like quite a high spec, but they can't charge crazy prices no. for them. So there was just loads of stuff like that, which is my like absolute dream walking in a place and being like what's that <laughs> and um, it's I, got a Seymour Duncan in it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 250 take 500 <laughs> um, but I kind of made a deal with myself that was like okay I've got a few things that I could sell if I see an SG that's nice and not expensive and I managed to just find basically exactly the, exactly that So, and how well does it play compared to it's not it, it, it's kind of in the middle of like his old one and his new one um, so it's I've not actually used it that much but it's in open sea at the moment so it's good it's I don't think it's good it can't quite hack the bottom end it's got a nice drone to it yeah with that in that tuning That was a bum now. We don't want people hearing that. <laughs> I am humoured. It's yeah. It's almost got a bit of a kind of like velvet's kind of feel to it. Um, but it it it's it's. Um, I need to use it a bit more to be honest because it's so new. Um, it's in, apart from a little bit of wear on the pickguard here, it's an amazing neck as well. Yeah, I mean it's essentially brand new to be honest. Yes, yeah. it's like, um, and yeah, I was thinking about getting. Uh, a maestro fitted to it because it's not like a, it's not like an old one that's gonna that I'm a bit precious about. I was just mm. thinking I, on on Instagram, I keep getting like pictures of SGs with uh, maestros on. I'm just like, how are they reading my mind? How do they do it? <laughs> Actually, another reason why I was kind of like kind of got turned on to SGs was we did a support show with Alabama Shakes a few years ago. Mm. And we were loading in as they were sound checking, and we watched their sound check from the monitor desk. And that might be like 
one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Alabama Shake Soundcheck. It was unbelievably good. Like, their guitars just sounded so, so cool. And, like, because I, 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 I don't know what the guitarist is called, but he plays, like, a casino, doesn't he, I think? Yeah. And then Britney plays an SG. She's got quite a few, but they're all, like, SG customs, you know, like, three pickup. That beautiful turquoise one that oh she my plays God. and stuff, yeah. Oh, my God. That guitar. Um, but, that, I mean, the way that they play together, she's a completely badass guitar player, isn't she? Mm. But um, they've got this really cool way of... It's almost like they're they're playing the same part, but they've kind of split it up into different yeah, arrangements. Yeah, they, uh, they're completely mashed, aren't they? Yeah, and, and I, I remember thinking, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. But, um, yeah, I've kind of... Ever since we saw that sound check, I've just been, like, always kind of just thinking, I want to sound like Brittany Howard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's... Um... Let's move on. What else, what else we got? Uh, that that's that white strap. I saw, did I see you playing that with um, Sweet Babu? I think. Do you know what? That wasn't actually mine. Oh. That that will have been. Um, Let's put that back. Oh, cheers. Our friend Hugh. He's got an Antigua. Like a, I think it's like a '79. Oh, Antigua burst. Yeah. Wow. They're um, funny looking things, aren't they? Do you know what? Like I I was never into strats at all, and I borrowed that with with Sweet Babu. And just like totally fell in love with it, and I was just like, oh, I kind of get it now. I understand why everyone's into it. But so it's a seventy Squire. This this is an eighty two. Okay, um, so this is when Squire were made in Japan, right? Yeah, I've done a little Hugely bit. Hugely sought after things, aren't they? I think that this is actually not one of the really sought after ones. This is kind of um, there's two different like versions. There's I think it's called the SQ, which is like the one that people pay crazy money for, but. This is basically when I went in and sold that 125. I, I popped into this shop after and I was like, oh, that's a really nice cream strat for like not 70s money. Not 70s strat money, yeah. Yeah, and I just played it. I just thought, oh, it's, it's beautiful. And, and after like five, had a, he basically got a really similar one that he used on my record. And, um, and I had a, a few shows booked abroad and I just thought it'd be really nice to have... A, like a guitar that's, I, I didn't want to fly with the the, the three five five, mm. and um, I've had a few disasters with planes and guitars. So I just I just thought it'd probably be like a really nice thing to just take away, and it's not super heavy. It's just really lovely and kind of. I hit thirty and I bought a Strat. I just <laughs> people normally wait till they're forty. I know, to get a I know. Strat. It's just like I've started doing my tax returns early and I've bought a Strat and my life is in the toilet. But um, whatever vintage people say on YouTube, but regardless of whether it's like uh, good or not, it's the f- my favourite look. I love the seventies bullet thrust rod yeah. Strat with a with a big like you know with a large Strat headstock. Yeah, absolutely my favourite. Yeah, man, it's. Uh, it, it it definitely kind of took me by surprise a little bit and it's I don't know it's it's dangerous when you've just sold a guitar and I've never normally just walk into a guitar shop and buy a guitar and like this, yeah it's um but why yeah why not I mean you are a musician though isn't it? you know it's, I mean uh, I have used it loads yeah. already like I, I can't it was kind of like my main guitar for the, like the last half of the tour in uh, last year so it's definitely it's definitely like got a lot of use can um, can we hear it sure it's a bit...
just kind of always responded quite nicely to like a little bit of trial. It just always cut through. Yeah. Even if you had like loads of like effects on, you can still hear the guitar rather than just getting a bit lost. Mm. Um, so it's um yeah I, I know I love them. Um, yeah, it's this is a really nice one as well. It's uh it's beating up a little bit, but just exactly in the right way kind of thing. I think you know, I've actually um, done quite a lot of that in this year because. I've been flying that and, a, and the lap steel together in the same bag, so it's just a bit, a bit knackered. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. <laughs> pick one up and you just immediately <laughs> want to do that. Um, now I love it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I spent a couple of evenings going down the Loffler Hall. <laughs> that was that was Loffler, right? No, that was, was no, that was him and your birthday sing. Oh Bill yeah, Beatles. <laughs> me, me and my mate Paul have got this kind of joke that we were, we were making some music last year, and um, basically, like his uh, his girlfriend works in the same building as his studio, and we'd been making like 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 ambient music all day, and then we just started like playing sorts and swing together on two strats. <laughs> then it, his girlfriend walked in and she was like. What is this what you've been doing <laughs> yeah. all day? <laughs> it's it's unbelievably like inventive, isn't it? Like the way you find Yeah. Uh, what is it? Is it D minor back to C? I think it's down to B flat major. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I love how we're both pretending that we don't know it really well. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> um, anyway, next record then. Um, where, where are you? Uh, where are you kind of up to with it? Um, uh, very, very early. Embryonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind yeah. of, to be honest, like I kind of didn't really feel like making a record for a while, and just was like. Uh, I had a baby at the beginning of the year, so this year's kind of been like um kind of different anyway. But um I kind of it just in the last like like couple of months I was like, ah I I, I wanna make another one. So I, Record or baby? <laughs> both. <laughs> um but yeah, I kind of uh I would I would I, I would love to make another one. My my plan was to get it written before Christmas. So I'm just trying to like I'm just trying to grind it out. I, I, You've got about ten weeks, so you know yeah. you can do that. What are you waiting but, for? But I'm thinking, you know, it's not. It's not. I, I always find this like it's kind of, you know, like um, you, you tour, you write, you record, you tour, you write, record, and I always find like I spend like the first like twenty five percent of like writing just kind of trying to remember how to write. It's like being fit or something, you know, like when you go into the going for a run or whatever, like. The first bit is just horrible because you feel like you just yeah. But then the, it just gets easier, and I think the more you do it, the easier it is. And um, I'm kind of I'm just in that at the moment. I feel like I've kind of I've not been in the writing mode for a long time. So um, yeah, I'm kind of just trying to figure out what I want to do as well because the last record had such a kind of specific feel to it. I kind of would like to just 
go in a different direction and kind of see what happens. So I think it'll be quite like similar instrumentation, but um, I'm just I've just been doing lots of kind of drum programming and stuff and just trying to figure out like different kind of grooves because uh, when I sit at a piano or I sit at a guitar I kind of tend to do the same thing every time I do it so I'm just trying to not do that yeah you must have to treat it like a job I, I know it's your job but like it, it, keeping office hours or something keeping regular hours it, to, to get back into that routine and getting getting match fit again really. yeah totally I mean I, I've done it this this thing for a while where I kind of like to do like um kind of like eight till midday and then have the afternoon and then work in the evening so I kind of do like two things a day um it, it doesn't always work out like that but ideally I would kind of just do two smaller bits of writing rather than try and do like a nine to five hours um but I don't know I think it's just trying to it's recognizing the signs of like when you're having a day where you feel like you're bashing your head against the wall like powering through that because I think often you you feel really self-conscious and you're just like oh this is just like going this is actually sounds terrible and then something something will happen where because you, you're in that mindset you might just do something that you'd never normally do and then come back to it like three or four days later and then I don't know I just feel like there's lots of sketching but um I kind of wish I was one of those songwriters where I could just sit down and write a song from start to finish. Hmm. I feel like that's... Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, I, like quite a few times, but like, it's, I don't know, like, I did that with You've Got Your Way of Leaving, um, and it just, I don't know, I think it's just, it's more fun to kind of, like, layer stuff up and you feel like you're getting somewhere quick, where really, if you write a song, then that's the hard bit out of the way. <laughs> It's it's just it is just like the boring bit. I find. Yeah, layering stuff's like funny about with noises. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's great. It's, it's quick, and then and then you just put it on a hard drive, and you just never open it again. Seems to be the way. So but... kid yourself that you've done something in the day, where you just yeah. basically hit the arpeggiator button or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've done the score for um, May Martin's Netflix series, right? Yeah. So me and um, Rob Jones did it together. Who Rob played in Slow Club a little bit a few years ago and then he mixed my solo record. So we've kind of worked together a little bit in the past and he he plays drums and horns and kind of he kind of can cover loads of stuff. So um, when May got in touch to, to ask if I'd be up for it, I didn't really have any like experience with any of that stuff. So it made sense to work with someone who, like Rob's done it before, so... We kind of combined our kind of different. It made sense to work with someone who knew what they were doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've le- I've learned loads about about how to how to kind of approach picture. Um, and what format does it take? What what is it? What is a series anyway? It's a comedy, so it's right. it's kind of like a, a sitcomy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Maybe you'd call it that i'm not sure like it's kind of a darkish comedy yeah it's a sitcom i guess um but it's uh, not stand it's not a stand-up special or anything it's, no um, no it's like no. a drama it's like yeah. a it is a sitcom yeah um but yeah it's great it's really funny so incidental music title music everything there's there's bits of everything really it's like um when may like asked she kind of put me forward for it with her team and i think 
because of my inexperience, like um, we did, we did like a kind of three day session where we like we we had a we had a few bits of picture and we like okay let's like do like what we would do in an ideal situation like if if we were completely left to our own yeah. devices so salt to swing over the top yeah <laughs> just di'd <laughs> dry <laughs> um, um, it's kind of like. Um, it's a little bit kind of like synth, dark synthy kind of stuff with um, some kind of like dirty seventies drums and quite a lot of this violin bass actually. Much guitar though, apart from that bass. Not a huge amount. Well, we shouldn't really talk about it. No, should we, no, no, it's no. It's, not, it's um, not called star synth. It's not called star synth bass, is it? <laughs> um, uh, and when might we hear and see it? Uh, <clears throat> I believe it's out in the spring. So I think, I think that, yeah. They'll probably start putting stuff out there towards the end of the year. So May is a, with, with like just a fan of yours or a friend of yours or what? She, I think she, she. I met her through Rebecca. Um, I think she, they were friends to start with, and and then May has just kind of turned up at a lot of shows. Like she's she's been to loads of my solo gigs, and um, yeah, and just has always been really like supportive and kind of um, encouraging. And I think I, I, we kept running into each other, and she said that she was doing this thing, and uh, I guess that that conversation kind of started a few years ago. But she uh, she really like made it happen, so it was kind of a, it was really like an amazing opportunity to kind of just use music, but in a totally different setting to making records. So I've 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 learned a lot this year about just you know like how to approach stuff in a different way okay there we have it it was quite a long one believe me that it was double that length before i started editing it charles likes talking about guitars as much as i do so once we started we didn't really stop and please can i also apologize for my guitar playing as always you can see the guitars we were talking about by going to star guitar podcast on instagram you can also find out more about the episodes by following star guitar pod on twitter or you can email me at starguitarpodcast at gmail.com if you've got any comments nice ones only Please subscribe wherever you got the podcast from. And if you're feeling really generous, please leave a comment or rating, wherever that might be. As for Charles, you can find out more about what he's doing by following him on Twitter at charleswatson2 underscores or going to charleswatson.bandcamp.com. As for Star Guitar, there's one more episode next week and it's a really, really good one. So please come back for it. Until then, bye-bye.